Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, aka Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Before we get into this, let me just say making documentaries is not an easy thing. I don't know what the time constraints were. I don't know if this is one of those things that ESPN rushed to production because of the dearth of actual live sports in our lives right now. But long gone summer, it's going to be a no for me, dog. It's going to be a no for me. I have a lot of issues. I'm going to try to work through those issues right now and then go to sleep and then probably talk a bit more about it. A couple things right off the bat. I understand that Ken Griffey Jr. at the end wasn't in the same place that these guys were, but he did hit 56 home runs in 1998. Might have been nice to get his perspective on all of this. Don't know if they tried. Don't know if he wasn't willing. Just there's that. My friend uh, Shakia Taylor pointed this out, and I think that she's spot on. She'll be following her on Twitter at Curly Fro. How the groundskeeper do going to get more airtime than Sammy? How's that a thing? How'd they allow that to happen? I get it. It's a special ball. He became kind of a pseudo-celebrity because of how nice he was to give the ball back to Mark McGuire. It that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just uh, come on. We haven't even got to like the big stuff yet. Let me get all my petty stuff out first, okay? And then we can get to the the most egregious omission. How they gonna act like Sosa was traded from the Rangers to the Cubs, but then have the President Bush crack back on Harold Baines, which he later apologized for, by the way. Harold's actually in the Hall of Fame. Sammy's never going to get there. So that's one thing. The other, just the national erasure of the White Sox as a franchise is bothersome. And I'm not usually this dude. Like, I know that people aren't doing it on purpose, but it sure feels like it. It feels like there's some sort of mandate that you can't talk about the White Sox. They're a franchise that doesn't exist. In the past, the White Sox as a franchise apparently don't exist. And ESPN is completely fine with letting you know that the White Sox at no point in their history actually existed. It's a damn shame. One more petty. Well, actually, I got a couple more petty things. So I thought this was supposed to be about both of those guys. Look, I think that Griffey should have been included and should be included. But I thought the whole bit was that this was about McGuire and Sosa. This seemed to be about Mark McGuire. 
am I out of line here? This didn't seem to be about Sammy Sosa at all. There's a lot of ground ground to cover there. And they tried. They tried to cover that ground. A little bit at the end. Let's see. Let me get back to how many more petty things do I have before I get to the big ones? Oh, the other thing I have is how are they going to intersplice stuff from 2020 and make it seem like it's 1998 or 2019 crowd shots and make it seem like it's 1998? I didn't understand that. And then the time warp that they did at the end where it was like, oh, well, then there was Barry Bonds. That was three years later. That was three years later that we're talking about Barry Bonds. Now to the big one, the big omission, the part that we all understand was was really missing from the bulk of this documentary. And there's no excuse for it because you had the people there that could talk about it. Obviously, you're not going to get anything on the record from Sammy because Sammy still wants you to believe that it's about Flintstone vitamins and everything else. McGuire has kind of said what he said, and that's it. That's all you're going to get from him. He's back in baseball. He's back in baseball's good graces, whatever. But you actually had people there that care about this stuff. You had a sit down with Bob freaking Costas. Just turn the camera on Bob and let it ride. You had George Will there. You had Jay Jaffe. You had people who covered baseball in Chicago in St. Louis back then. There could have been a more robust discussion about what baseball was going through. And and Jay Jaffe had said it, but how complicit the game was. I felt like that documentary plays the same as what we as baseball fans were all about back then. It was pretty much, hey, let's kick back and let's watch some guys hit some dingers. Chicks dig the long ball. That's all this was. That. And look, those highlights are incredible. But if you're giving me those highlights without proper context, it makes it feel like there's a bit of a glorification of it. I've come full circle on on the idea of steroids. I feel like since the game was complicit, we shouldn't we shouldn't look at those guys in a terrible light because there's ample evidence that it wasn't just Sosa and McGuire and Bonds and A-Rod and Brady Anderson, whoever else you want to throw into the mix. But still, to, to do all of this gushing that was done over this for an hour and 45 minutes, and then in the last 15 minutes be like, oh yeah, there may have been a problem with the fact that there are a lot of players that were doing steroids. And it was like, good night, folks. <laughs> like, what are we doing? 
they just kind of shuffled off the stage after that and and it was just I don't know if they rushed it. I thought this was supposed to be like two parts, but I guess it's only one. I don't know if they rushed the two hours, but it felt very rushed. And even with it feeling rushed, it felt slow. Like it was a really slow burn and there wasn't a big payoff here. You still have Sammy denying all this stuff. I do like that that they talked about him and the Cubs. I also thought that Kerry Wood was a curious choice to be the guy that's backing up and him. Like that like those guys kind of have notorious beef with each other. So I thought that was bizarre. They couldn't find Moise Alou to to talk about all this. That was really strange. The other strange part is the the Cubs 1998 playoff chase is almost completely ignored. They got to it, but but you see it even in the question in the in the clubhouse. Sosa's celebrating them getting to the playoffs, and the guy's asking him about the home run race. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be asked, but it looked like it was about the first question that was asked. And that that feels bizarre. Did you notice how small the clubhouse was for the Cubs back then? Man, it is so small. I'm so glad that they upgraded their facilities because that place used to be the worst place to work in in sports in Chicago. You just had no room. They used to have to drop a net into that clubhouse so people could hit off a tee. I'm not kidding you. That is a legit thing that used to happen at Wrigley Field. There's a net. Like You walk down these stairs to get into the clubhouse. There's a net like right where the stairs are. And then guys would hit off a tee into the net. And sometimes the ball would get through. And it would it would put a dent in the dry erase board that was on the, uh, the, the, sh- the, the long... The short, the small wall on the long end of the hallway is long, but it wasn't big and it was very claustrophobic. I don't know why I'm talking about this. I just wanted to share that it brought back bad memories for me being in that clubhouse and covering those teams because of the way that the clubhouses were set up. But let me just say in closing, as I get out of here, because I'm going to talk about this more tomorrow. There's so much more meat on that bone, and that's the thing that's disappointing. There's a ton of meat left on that bone, and they just kind of decided, screw it. Ah, we don't want to talk about any of that. Nope. Let's just have everyone sit down and remember how much they love seeing Mark McGuire hit dingers. Let's just do that. And it's disappointing. It's a very disappointing thing. Seeing people's reactions to it. I asked people for their gifs and it was just most people just going meh. M-E-H. There are no real revelations. But I will say I did not appreciate the crackback on on Harold Baines. Harold didn't do nothing to deserve that. Evidently. That was for you, Chris Tannehill.
You're the only one that'll get it. So, uh, I get that when you're doing a documentary after the 10-parter, not that the last dance was without its flaws. We've discussed some of those. Everything else is going to kind of pale in comparison. I just don't think this was the best effort overall. This felt like... um, it felt like a commercial for the 1998 season instead of us learning more about what went into that season. That's it. Like, that's all. I'll, I'll talk about it more tomorrow. I'm not going to belabor the point. You probably had similar feelings. So thanks for listening today. I don't know what to tell you. I, I really don't. I'll try and figure it out before noon tomorrow on the score, but I appreciate your your uh, friendship and you listening, and I feel that we all kind of sat through that together, and we all just kind of go, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> that whole thing, that is, that's too bad. It's, it could have been a lot more, and it wasn't. Apparently, there's some sort of motorcycle rally going on outside my house. So I'm going to look out the window and see what the hell is going on. You have a great rest of your night.